Things change from one generation to the next. Attitudes, politics, technology, even lifestyles. But when it comes to business, there's one thing every generation has in common. The pursuit of excellence. Welcome to Generation Excellence, a conversation with next-gen leaders of family businesses who are working to preserve the past and innovate the future. And now, here's the host of Generation Excellence and a third-generation business owner himself, Jamie Michelson. Jamie? In this episode, I Zoomed with Christopher Kleba of Northern Diamond Management, a family holding company for businesses including Planet Fitness, Smoothie King, a neat concept bar restaurant, Single Barrel Social, and more. We talk about the roots of the family business, Christopher's unique journey into the business, and how their organization was and is built to identify and create leaders. If you're into everything from martial arts to a glass of good bourbon, please enjoy my conversation with Christopher Kleba. Yes, Christopher, welcome to Generation Excellence in our uh, our home offices. I, and I, what I, what I'd love to know, because you are in business with family, yes. but you're in businesses with right. family. Right. It's, it's a number of businesses, but you know, as they say, every, you know, large business was once a small business. What, what, is, what is the initial roots of the, the family business and where your father started? I believe it's a gym operation, but it might be something yeah. that even predates yeah, that. So, so, so uh, I've heard my dad tell the story so many times. He always laughs because I can repeat it with all of his mannerisms and everything too. So, but uh, yeah, he was, I mean, you know, right out of the very blue collar family. So my grandpa was just an auto industry guy his whole life. So he came from a very kind of you know, myopic success mindset of just, you know, get a job, take care of your family. And that's kind of where it came from. And he was just wired so much differently where he was just always had that mind of wanted a chance to outwork people, an opportunity to, you know, if I put in something, I want the, the closest to what I put in is what I get out equation. Okay. It's something that he just thrives in. So he always knew business was in his heart. So right out of uh, uh, high school, he went into the Air Force, and he was always very bodybuilding and always loved being around fitness. So when he got out, he managed those old fitness USA chains. You probably remember sure. your way. So he was in kind of the gym business his whole life. That's all he's known. And for a while, he did uh, have a kind of a more corporate marketing job, but he just he could not do it. He wanted to do his own thing, forge his own path, as you know him. So, uh, yeah, he started a uh, a couple failed gym ventures, many leading to Waterwood Health Club in Northfield, and that was his first kind of kickoff. But he uh, you know, ran that gym himself, opened it, went to his corporate job during the day, and came back to close it pretty much every day for 10, 12 years. So that was his, his whole world has been in the gym business since it evolved. Kind of and, and, and what is you, what was your first involvement in any of the businesses either yeah. visiting that you remember as a child or working what right. was kind of your right so I, I mean I had a my mom was was pretty sick during the time my dad had those busy hours so I remember he'd always just bring me there and I was running around stealing drinks and running around the roof and stuff so I was always around the gym and a lot of really pictures with that stuff but first time getting involved was so I was a, a child actor for a long time in um, California so but when by the time I hit about 1920, 21, I, I started to really realize that I needed to be the one making decisions about my life. And just looking okay. around, I felt like there was no one I really respected making decisions about me. And I felt like I was just you know, no no control over the outcome of a lot of things. So I didn't have the power to push a lot of things that were close over the line. And that just got very frustrating. So from a very young age, I was 
I wanted to be on all my dad's business calls and be in those meeting rooms. I loved watching him talk to his managers. I just loved everything about it since I was a kid. So when I uh, kind of hit that wall in the entertainment industry and wanted to get close to that, what I did is what I put out and uh, a chance to outwork people and a chance to do that and you know have some control of my destiny. So I came back to kind of mentor him and be around his businesses. And he was very aware of the family dynamics. He had already, my brother was involved in the gym business early on and that kind of ran its course and they didn't end up too well there. So okay. he was very aware of, you know, all the little sub dynamics and how, how he had to kind of navigate it. So he was smart enough to put me around a lot of his mentors, around great people in the business that were a little further ahead of me. So he, he was right on with, with the right people to get me around that would engage me, get me excited, but kept our, you know, nice, healthy relationship. So I kind of came back to job shadow the business when I was about 22 or so and absolutely fell in love. I mean, you know, being a child actor is can be very known for a, a, a learning and grind grounding experience in right. business and right. and hardship, right? And oh yeah, and 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 rejection and all of those That's things right. that you have to go through. Yeah. Uh, so what? When did what was the connection or or sort of the introduction where where from some of those other gyms to being part of Planet Fitness. When did that? Yeah. When did that so, intersection happen? So my dad again, just he was you know type of guy. He, he found you know luckily he uh, he was actually married and divorced because his first wife was not supportive of the relentless ambition. He had a very comfortable corporate job. He was doing very well as a VP of marketing for a big company in Detroit, and and um, but he just he wanted to risk everything and knew that that was going to be his mindset forever. And obviously you know he's still doing it now. You know. 40 years later, he's still putting everything on the table and rolling it all over. So, um, yeah, kind of got around that a bit. But so him and my mom had never really taken an official honeymoon. So I remember they had always loved the Northeast Coast in that area. So they okay. went out there and my dad was very involved in URSA. It was the Independent Health Club Racquetball Association or something back in the day. And he yep. was very involved in Planet Fitness had just started coming out. And everyone around was looking, you know, what are these guys doing that are $10 a month? And what kind of what kind of people are they bringing in for $10 a month? You know, because at the time he was a, a full service luxury gym, park your car and towels and daycare and smoothie bars and everything, personal trainers, huge staff. So Planet Fitness was just kind of the dark horse and he was so confused as to what, who could they possibly be bringing and helping for $10? So they actually took a trip to New Hampshire and um, stopped in and they took a tour. My mom noticed the flowers in the bathroom and how friendly they were. Everything was different. Everything was different from my mom's standpoint. And my dad had already been pretty frustrated by his inability to reach the people who needed fitness the most. You know, he realized the industry was very much making a fit fitter. This is here up here. Exactly. Yeah. weren't reaching the people who needed it. So when he went out there and saw what they were doing and the people coming in and the moms coming in and the people who had, you know, not a typical gym user coming in, he knew they had something special. So the current CEO was actually a regional manager at the time there. So he met him and and absolutely fell in love when they had about, you know, 40 or 50 stores open in the Planet Fitness system. So what, what a great entrepreneurial story. On your honeymoon, we're going to go venture yeah. off and <laughs> shop, a, shop a concept and yeah. dig into it. Yeah. yeah, I can, I can, I can see, I can see that happening. And yes. Probably yeah. on other family trips and things <laughs> since. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, so that then, you know, that real experience with gym operations and now getting involved in a fast-growing franchise concept that's really successful I mean obviously in the times we're sitting in right now in in, in, in you know in a shutdown right. mode and so right. challenged but uh, and then the that created an opportunity to diversify beyond just 
the gym businesses. So right. what's kind of take us through the, the, the tree and the roots of these other, yeah. these other businesses that the, the family operation is now. Yeah, operating. So as I said, pretty much my only introduction to, to business in general was through the fitness industry. So that was all I knew about business was what he was right. doing running in that specific industry. So, but watching him grow planet fitness and seeing that turn into a real, you know, a formal kind of operation and then eventually partnering with Bain capital, I got exposure to the real, you know, the business side of the business, as they say, and I absolutely fell in love with that side. I see. And uh, seeing, you know, all the, the way that everything kind of formalized and all the lessons we had to learn about leadership and people development and scalability at that time, I mean, there was no way to do it without really getting, you know, to be an expert in those fields. So I fell in love with that, running the teams, managing the business in that new light and watching the way that Bain kind of interacted with us. My dad and I were both very attracted to that side of the business. It very much fit our, our uh, skill set of, you know, it's hard for us to kind of be, you know, in a steady position. We like to just bounce around, be specific, come in and hit the bullseye on different things. And seeing that business side of the business, like I said, just really opened my eyes. And I knew that I loved that model. I, I found throughout the Planet Fitness journey kind of my sweet spot. Of if you can be an expert, start learning about leadership development, growing people and building a scalable business. I started to see that, you know, we're kind of building a playbook we can take to any industry. Sure. And so as people say, how do you bounce around from food to fitness to this or QSR, it's all the same industry. It's all the business of the business. It's all people development, leadership development. So I started to see that if I get good at this, I can apply this to any business I want and grow and scale different businesses. And got so excited by that potential So the introduction or the connection with Bain which provided some capital and ability to expand Planet Fitness, right. both in 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 some of your outstate Michigan markets as well as even right. into like Western Canada. But right. then th then that spurred the the finding of I guess that similar sort of love with a second franchise concept being Smoothie King, right? right after right. and the and so talk talk about kind of what you all fell in love with with Smoothie King as a business concept. Yeah, and, so yeah. so after Planet, it was a good time for me to kind of exit there, and um, our family had just been synonymous with the with the brand there for so long in our part of the business. It was a good time to kind of exit and do my thing again. And I know that I'm again. I love what gets me excited is that building, founding concept stage of a business, putting in the leadership teams, getting the right people in the right positions, getting ready to expand and that accelerated growth phase where you're bringing something new, that's what gets me excited. So that like zero to two of a business, I love. And where we were at Planet Fitness, there was still growth, but it was more just a, uh, you know, kind of a, the plan was there and it was just about doing it and operating and following through and, you know, that kind of steady, steady grind for a while. And so that was kind of not in my sweet spot as much as I had wanted. So I knew that I loved this, this foundational part of business. So we kind of started our family office, Northern Diamond Management, with the intention to, Find things we absolutely love that involve people, leadership development, changing lives, making an impact, be able to do this on a bigger scale with brands we fell in love with. So we started looking at a lot of different brands and um, kind of fell in love with this casual fitness space through Planet Fitness because, as you know, Michigan is constantly one of the most unhealthy places mm -hmm. by every metric, from options to everything. It's so unhealthy and so few options. And that's why I think Planet Fitness hits so strong because it really caters to that 85% who don't use a gym. And I found that Smoothie King was kind of similar where it feels so healthy. It makes such an impact in people's lives to give them a fresh, healthy, convenient option, but it still can serve the masses and someone yeah. can truly find anything there. So it was kind of, a, it hit a lot of the same spots and we knew the Michigan market well from that. So Smoothie King seemed like a very natural segue from there to 
grow, implement the whole leadership development side of everything, but we're still, it's a win-win-win. I mean, we're serving the customer something incredible. Uh, we love the business model, and we get to do leadership development and change lives along the way, so it was the perfect option for the next step. Very, very nice. But go, go back a step for me, which, you know, you yeah. said the office was created and called Northern Diamond Management. Right. What is, what's the meaning of Northern Diamond? I get the management part, but yeah. the, the first yeah. you know, it's just So as, as my dad and I always talked about it, that we just always both said that name somehow. And, and so when we did it, we just finally made that the name. But that was our just like our little insert, a name when we talked about one day having a you know, family office started huh. to do these things and we'll feed our skill sets. He always said, you know, we'll call it Northern Diamond or something. And so it just time came around stopped. and we okay. loved it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And now Northern Diamond includes still a connection to Planet Fitness, the growing and opening of locations of Smoothie King. And uh, talk about talk about the vision for Single Barrel Social and what that represents. As yeah, kind of so, a, so a yeah. family, father-son partnership, clubhouse and all. <laughs> <laughs> right, so again, uh, kind of franchising had been my past, present and future, kind of looking at my outlook was, you know, we love this model of, we got kind of a playbook, like I said, of, we know that we can build faster, better, stronger than anyone with better leadership development. We really see that we have a strong competitive edge on scaling multi-unit operations. So we love franchising for that reason. Love the marketing aspect, the team development, the growth, everything about it. We felt so comfortable with this franchise model. But that being said, um, franchises have their great parts and their limitations. And there's never something you can really do that was everything about it you designed completely. So when, when the opportunity for Single Barrel came about, it was kind of a, a chance to, you know, be from full concept and inception to design everything from the ground up. Right. So was, that was the real passion project from start to finish. And that was another one where, you know, we just had a great commercial real estate opportunity. And I had always been in love with the romance and history of alcohol, bourbon, spirits. I've always been obsessed with that since I was little and I've always loved interior design. And, Bring something special and a you know magnificent high scale something to a place that doesn't have it, and um, so that was we were ready for a lot of no's. We knew the restaurant industry is definitely a beast and very complex, but it was just an opportunity to insert passion and design and so many other aspects of business that I haven't been able to necessarily get with the franchising through this outlet and, and do something finally in my hometown. So it was a for, for listeners of this podcast, anywhere in the proximity of Wright, Michigan, Single Barrel Social's got multiple bars. You can eat outside. You can take stuff to go. It's a really cool design place. We'll get back to having live music and those kinds of things. Yes, and it's, yes. it's near future, but it's just it's yeah. just a, a neat a neat concept. So that that's actually a good segue into this you know the history of what is now a generational business and right. all of the pieces that are in place. What are you? What are you excited about? What do you? What's on the sort of drawing boards? What are you thinking about? Is beside beyond like opening additional Smoothie King locations for the future of the Diamond King management? Right. Yeah. I mean, so we're always looking at, at new deals, and um, so we just get excited about. We know we're pretty excited with a lot of stuff, and there's a lot of limitations right now in the un uncertain economic landscape. So right. it's something to consider. But we love. Just looking at new, it just gets us excited to look at new businesses and new opportunities and bringing a brand to a state gets us excited. So we're always looking at new deals to bring and scale and kind of own the Michigan market and new opportunities. So we, we look at probably uh, you know, 10 to 15 business deals a quarter or so of new opportunities. And so we're always looking at stuff that's kind of in that wheelhouse there that gets us excited. 
And, and even just generating and gleaning insights from that study of those businesses, not exactly. having to actually do the deals all the time. Yep, exactly. and, and you yourself, and it's the old give a busy person another thing to do. So you've got this stable of businesses and you're looking at real estate locations and you're assessing right. new businesses, but you're also doing some kind of leadership coaching yourself or, or making even another business out of that. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. It's a capacity. So it's a, so we did the, the center of everything that we do or touch is, is around leadership development. That's what makes us different. That's what makes us able to operate and separate us is, is a leadership development. So we, I've become such a student of that. And it's just, it's a lifelong growing lesson. And my dad is certainly still growing and, and learning every day about that. So it's a lot of personal development and leadership development. But because we've become so known for what we bring to businesses, it's a, definitely become kind of our calling card where people know that we're synonymous with creating great leaders in every business we touch. So that makes it very easy to transition from every business because we're oftentimes asking the same questions with the same expectations for every single business we bounce around to. It's often around that people development piece that I talked about. So. And, and, and what is, what is your uh, take, if you will, or your description of, of, of a great leader? Yeah, and I, I'm big on identifying what that looks like for every business. I always say, you know, I know it when I'll see it is a very bad strategy. We like to, <laughs> to find every little bit about what a leader in every company looks like. And the easiest way to do that is we make that a reflection of the core values. And we spend so much time on the core values yeah. at each of these businesses where we say, guys, this, we shouldn't have neglected core values and wonder what a leader looks like. We should be dead on. Yeah, exactly. We want to hire, fire, coach, correct all around these core values. So we spend so much time on making those core values really embody what a member of the culture, a member of the team, and a leader looks like in the businesses. So, but besides that, I mean, really, it's just a constant, constant people first, servant leadership mentality where there is no balance between people first or mission first. It's always people first. And, and that represents your core values, correct? Right. Okay. Exactly. So yeah. that's, I mean, it's, it's really that selfless servant people development that weight of leadership and burden of developing people at all costs, whether it's to get them somewhere else or a place in your business, it really is just a constant burden of people people development and not being the lid on the organization that all the leaders. And I mean, how, and would you? How would you characterize your leadership style? Yeah, it's um, you know, it's definitely changed a bit throughout the, throughout time. But what I really pride myself on is I think the best leaders. I always love that analogy that, you know, management is like checkers. You treat every piece the same and leadership is like chess. You know, how and why every piece moves individually. So I think my leadership style has been more getting out of what I want to impose because I know I can be very intense. And as you know, for me and my dad, I mean, intensity, passion, I mean, we just kind of, you know, crush people at that sometimes. It just radiates. It can be very, you know, crippling in some cases. So I think the ability to kind of remove myself and be what other people need and be able to adapt to you know, hitting the sweet spot of what's going to make certain people take and grow has really been my mission. So I just, uh, my first face to face meeting with your father, Chris was a group of planet fitness owners in a neutral boardroom type setting. And yeah, it was a, he, he, he cross examined to people. There were yeah. people asked questions. It was, there was an intensity to it, but I, 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 I liked it. Uh, yeah. I, you know, it was, time we were new to it, so it was harder to have answers. Right. Our dad answers now, but uh, no. That's I something just, about my, my dad that's the most impressive to me, and it's a, it's a learning curve for everyone, but you know, the, the, what we've come to discover from a lot of our great consultants and leadership coaches, business is really 
have an issue with three things, trust, conflict, and accountability. It's the same three things in every business. So beyond restaurant knowledge or fitness knowledge or any knowledge, it's trust, accountability, and conflict that are the real biggest barriers. True vulnerability, ability to really have conflict in meetings without it getting political, really being able to create commitment, clarity, and leading meetings being so locked in and aligned. And, And that's something that my dad brings that I, to this day, have never seen anyone who can do that or match it. And it's so uncomfortable for people because they're so unused to having an environment where conflict is desired and conflict is almost required. So we like to use the term mining for conflict, where we look for conflict because that's how we show yeah, healthy conflict. The best answer. That's right. Get the uns- Get some of the. For the best answer. Yep. Get some of the unsaid said. I mean, and, and the reason I'm doing this podcast, you add on to that generational family dynamics right with that form of vulnerability and trust right. and open ability to have those conversations and still maintain family relations right. relationships so it's i'm a student of that because it i've seen it in all of its whatever the spectrum is from poorest to best kind of uh, right. uh, example or case right. studies or whatever Oh, yeah. uh, no, that's 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 really in, important stuff. So I, I mean, I get the passion that you have, and right. you've proven that by being able to have a team in place that you grew from in Planet Fitness. Some of whom were just entry level jobs that's and right. grew up through the system, right? And right. and 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 even have impact in the name and make an impact. Right. Uh, so you know, while try not to have the most timely of podcasts that's all about a COVID-19 situation. <laughs> what would you say were you having to do, you know, a lot more phone calls and Zooms and not be able to sort of break bread as often with people? What's a leadership lesson you've learned just through this, you know, hundred some days of this crisis? Right. I mean, I, I don't think there's any neutral cases in business or leadership. Everything is truly about stronger, or weaker, or positive or negative. I mean, there is no real neutral so teams are going to either emerge from the stronger or weaker. And we kind of had that mindset going in that this is now a time to really get closer to your people. And it really is kind of a blessing in disguise if you have the ability to slow down and analyze because anytime you're in a storm like this, it really does expose holes in your system. And we were going so fast because we just carry that intensity towards everything, development schedules. So we were going very, very quick. So having a, a structured, formal time where we were forced to slow down and look critically at our people and our business is very beneficial. So we've all been able to kind of hunker down, stay close, and really look critically at the business and the people. And it's been a real blessing to kind of have that, that force. And we try to put enough structure in place that we don't have to rely on disasters or circumstances out of our control to do that. We like to have those routines in place that force us to look at the business that way. But this was certainly a nice extended period where we got to do that on a big scale. Yeah. And I think, I mean, one of the lines I've taped on my wall here was focus on getting through this, but then we'll deal with where we're going to, you know, that's right. The, and, that's right. And, and the vision. And cause it's hard to do visioning when you're dealing with in, oh, the, yeah. in the second oh, yeah. kind of, I know we've, we've um, struggled with this. Uh, as far as next, is there, is there some, some people, you know, with, within kind of family that represent next generation to get involved in, in Northern Diamond management or? Uh, you know, it's, it's a, I think I'm definitely the most like my dad and we're very, very, very similar, which means obviously we fly all the time, but we look at everything very much the same. I mean, I'm just share a lot. All of our conflict just comes from both of our passion and our intensity. So we're very aware of that. And, 
I think something great that my parents did was I got involved at my own time when I realized that this is what I want mm -hmm. and I was never forced and I was so supportive to pursue any other career. And with my brother, it was my, my dad who really pushed him to pursue his passion and go into law enforcement. And so he was the one pushing towards their passion in general. And, and I think they're very aware now of as much as want people to get involved and I want all my loved ones and family and friends to get involved in some capacity because we love it so much. They've always been very aware that you know, nothing's as strong as people getting in at their own time. So right now it's just kind of kind of us and um, but uh, yeah, just yeah, no, nothing else right now. But you know, my sister still loves it and uh, loves being around it. But I think she's still just happy kind of pursuing her own things right now. And so when you all are are able to get together, whether it's in northern Michigan or in different places, how do you uh, separate business and business, yeah, you know, so everything's not a board meeting. What are you? What sure, are, we just had a fight about this last week. It, it's just hard because we're both so kind of, you know, very kind of ADD and OCD and both this passionate towards the businesses. So it is very much like I'll call and tell them something. I'll be like, did you get back on that email about this? And we, okay. you know, we're very both combustible about this stuff because we care so much and uh, we're both very kind of moody with our coffees or whatever else may be going on. So we, it's rare that we hit each other at the same kind of emotional state and have a normal, calm conversation. It's, it's, all, it's a lot of intensity. So, so when, when others are around, are there eye rolls because of that intensity? And they There's get a lot. I mean, yeah, we, uh, we burn a lot of people out for sure. And uh, <laughs> just, just me and my dad having a conversation. My mom's got to emotionally recover for a week. You know, because <laughs> it's so, so strong. But it, it's definitely very hard and there is no there's no real separation between personal and business or family and business or that type of stuff. It really is hard to separate. It's just been trying to get a good relationship with realizing that it's, it's hard to separate and then and, um, kind of taking, you know, accountability of understanding the other person where they are and knowing that we only have a finite amount of time to connect with each other. So we kind of got a big expectations of every time we connect. So it is very hard to separate. It's a, what, a, lot of, what, a lot of issues in conflict. Yeah. What are you yourself looking on improving as either a new skill or, or, or something to kind of better your, yourself as both a leader, a manager, a, a you know, implementer, a visionary, and all that together? Yeah, it's, that's, that's one of the most impressive things about my dad when they ask you still my biggest inspiration or mentor. It's because you're in his 60s with all of his accomplishments that people looking from the outside might realize as a benchmark or a stopping point or a whatever it's what he does every day when no one's looking that makes it so impressive to me and it's that burden of personal growth we all have this strong belief that none of us want to be the lid on the organization so he is on me every day for him to do his own thing he is in good physical shape as he's in take care of all of the businesses he's involved with and then still have time to stay on my ass about growing myself so, <laughs> so that's kind of been a been a hallmark he's he has been obsessed with personal growth and been so intentional about every day growing and making himself better that I feel it just lights a fire under my ass every day. So I'm learning from everyone I can, books, podcasts, mentors. I just shove as much input as I can possibly have. Because when it comes to knowledge that can make your people better or make the lives of your people better, it's just a, a burden to never stop. So it's not that one particular skill or thing. It's more to be the, it's, it's a, the sponge. It's a absorb, bring on. personal growth. Feeling that, like I said, that burden to get better so you can give more to your people as a constant. So it's a, we both look at that as a mandatory price for admission. If you want to be in leadership or management, you've got to grow and you're just coming. Would you describe, is it fair to describe then that reading and, and video watching, podcast listening and webinar participation as a form of escape or something that you do to get away from the business or 
do you just see that as very connected to the business and you do other things to kind of right. clear yeah, your mind? That's, that's kind of the beauty of, of leadership is it's so complex and it can be so non-business related at times. It's leadership really is about developing a whole person and developing parts of the business that I mean, there's so many issues are complex and new and all, you know, so many gray areas, subjective things that you really do learn from everywhere and see things from yeah, inspiration from anywhere that you can contribute to leadership because it's really is about healing and growing the whole person. So for me, it's, there's never really an escape or a disconnect as much, but I kind of enjoy that because it feels like everything I do is okay. growing, you know, just kind of growing and making myself better as a whole. And I can learn from everything. To make that and, and what, and what do you do to clear your mind or, or to, if, if you are trying to get away from it a little bit? Sure, sure. So I, I found a major love for jujitsu because it kind of consumes you mentally and physically. So there's no way to kind of be somewhere else when you're doing it. It's very in the moment. So anything that forces my dad and I, we both very much struggle and very much want to be in the moment, and present and mindful and you know try to meditate, calm our minds and be still because we are very just we're always somewhere else thinking of how we can do this or that, problem solving. So when you're a problem solver by profession, it's very difficult to relax and be in the moment. That's interesting. So jujitsu, I mean, it, it's a, it's, it's a, like another form of chess. Right. Exactly. Right? It's, it's, totally, uh, it's, it's everything for me. It's like yoga, meditation, all that. It's the only thing that's as physically and mentally stimulating and calming that I've found. And so I really got it. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I'm, like you, I seek out those other challenge yeah, things as so a way yeah, to. So any, anything that my dad and I find that forces you to be in the moment, just you know, fishing, doing something, being out in the woods, we, we both love it. Your, your father also does jujitsu training? and He doesn't, but he's, he's very, very much into physical fitness now. And okay. uh, ever since kind of taking a more passive role at Planet, he's been very into physical fitness and he's just in incredible shape now. So he's found a renewed passion. So it's a little, e it's a little easier to revisit the getting in shape, working out when you're not living it as much every day. As that's right. That's, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. it's like the retired chef who loves cooking again or something. Exactly. Right? Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, and you know, <laughs> I've asked everybody this and I mean, you've kind of described it all, already, but what, um, is the most fulfilling thing for you about what is a generational business and as i said uh, now family of businesses right um you know i heard uh it, it can be very difficult to i think getting my head around the relationship with being involved in a business with your dad because there's so many external thoughts that people kind of convey as to what that means or what that's like and I think getting my relationship right with what it's like to be in a family business has been huge for me because you realize that you're not doing it because of him necessarily, but you're doing it on his shoulders and I'm able to, to do what he wanted to do on an even bigger scale because he gave me that platform for success. So to not involve him or to try to distance myself from him is just to me the stupidest thing in the world because why would I not want to involve the best leader I know, the best nice. business mind I know. So I. To this day, I don't take anything wrong with people asking why I still evolved or if, you know, it's like a father-son business because those, those things used to bother me when I was younger because you want to separate and make your mark, of course. Right. And, yeah. you know, growing up a child, that really warped my views of fame and success. So that was a big part of our journey. But now I've really just embraced the fact that so many people get to have to spend business time away from their families. And I get to do it not only with my dad, but... I'm impressed every time I get to sit and have a coffee and watch him do his thing in a board meeting. I mean, that's our playoff games. That's our championship games are those board meetings and those critical meetings. And 
one-on-ones that I get to sit and watch and be a part of are every day I learn. It's just, it's a magical situation to be able to watch and have that be a special part of our relationship. So I think just redefining what a family business is to, to me, not what other people think it may mean, has been, been very special and important. Great. And, and is there, is, is you balance you know, that, that energy and excitement for where this business is going to go. And I mean, we've got, you know, new Smoothie King locations opening and, and figuring things out at single barrel social and, you know, kind of still on that giant pause for gyms in in the state of Michigan, but opening in some other markets. What, 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 what should I have asked you about? What did I miss? What, is there a, another business incubating in there? Is there something I (laughs) forgot about? I mean, the oh, tramp- yeah, I guess some trampoline parks out east. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, no, those are the big ones. Those are the big ones right now. Yep. Okay, so not, not in, in the, the stable of businesses, we right, covered, right. We covered the, the landscape. Exactly, yeah. and, and, uh, and then, you know, the, the last thing, and I think you've said a couple of them, but is there, uh, you know, because in this case, the, the, you know, founder's credo or quotes would, that guide you are things from, from your right. father, Chris, but is there sort of one of those statements that's proudly on the wall or on, on websites or whatever that, that you repeat is kind of, I mean, it's part of the core values or yeah. it's just a, a mantra. So I just wonder what sure, pops in your sure. mind. So there's, there's two that really stick out to me. So the first personal one that has been the most impactful for probably my dad and I is that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Okay. Because that is so I mean, my dad and I, like I said, we very much pride ourselves in our ability to take over, problem solve when we need to, be so intense. We both know that we could run everything and have the energy and the pace to kind of run circles around other people. We pride ourselves on that so much, knowing that we can swoop in and bring that. And it is hard to sit back, listen, eat with the caring people, emotional, soft skills part. And I'm lucky enough to have a mom that's on the completely other side of the spectrum. So we both, you know, everyone calls her St. Ellen. She is 100% locked in on people. So having her to learn from and see that side of it has been huge because we both have been lifelong students of listening, understanding, connecting, and leading with that rather than the production side. So we have both just, that quote really helps us focus on the people side. And then besides that, you know, a core value that we really carry to every business we touch and don't hide or apologize for is the champion mentality. I mean, we both want to win and be the absolute best at everything we do. And that can be very much a turnoff because it's relentless and we don't take long to celebrate benchmarks and we're always looking for ways to be the best. And once we are the best, we want to beat ourselves. So it's exhausting, but we don't hide it or compromise on it anymore. Um, we hire around that. We tell people straight up when they come on board, we're going to be the best and it's a relentless nice. pursuit of excellence and a will to win that you are not going to find anywhere else. And, we're very clear about that expectation because that will that will haunt you forever if you're not on board. We are going to constantly be counting that drum to be the best. I, I love that. I'm, I'm uh, no. just last night watched a couple more, so only a couple episodes left in ESPN 30 for 30. The last yes, yeah. Uh, and and I mean, if you if you try to boil down what that big huge story is about Michael Jordan, those Bulls, That's he right. was a a champion's mentality and what all that meant and how That's he right. that, that beauty of a mutually accountable team because we you know there's only so much we can do it's that, that magic of you know get it out of the executive boardroom and when you have a front desk person grabbing another front desk person and saying why aren't we wearing a name tag that's not how we win championships when you get to that level of mutual accountability that's the magic that we're all after that's when we know we've done our job and it's living and breathing and it's not just in a wall or in an executive boardroom it's living and breathing at the front line so like those stories of michael jordan ripping someone out of the locker room because they were late 
because he demands that from his people. Yep. Um, but it's not necessarily from the top down of the organization. It's the teams living and breathing it. That's so inspiring for us. Right. Now, if you chronicle that over a year on what is form of reality television, you can make people look bad. And right. yeah, right. some, some of that wants to not be seen by the outside world. But but as I learn, I mean, it is, there's some pretty interesting learning lessons in there, especially right. in a time where there's no sport. Yeah. So you're, it's like the history of, of, oh, yeah. of great athletes and great yes. sport. Well, um, now, Christopher, I guess, I mean, clearly you care and you have that passion. You're also a champion. And I, I really appreciate you joining Generation Excellence. There's so many more things we could talk about. We may come back and do a follow-up interview because you yes. and other businesses will be coming back on line yep. and stories and, and lessons to learn there. Any, anything else you, you want to add for yeah, just that, I mean, the listener so, base, you're going to help me grow? <laughs> sure. I mean, uh, I, I love this stuff, and I, I, I know I'm young. I certainly don't have all the answers, but I was always shocked by when my dad would reach out to his mentors, how, how shocked they were and how few people were really trying to reach out and sponge off their knowledge. Same with my dad. You'd be surprised how few people really you know, ask him to talk about business or coffee. And, and I get to the point now where some of my biggest successful and happy moments are where people just reach out to me and talk about how do I get started or you know, where do I go from here? Got a question about the business or leadership and I absolutely live and breathe this stuff. So if there's ever a chance I can add value, I love talking about this stuff and it energizes me and gives me life and passion. So I love discussing this. If there's ever a chance I can add value to anyone, I, I just love talking. I, I, we, we will take you up on that. <laughs> I, I, I thank you for being a guest on this. It was wonderful. Absolutely. It's incredible. Love you guys, too. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to Sam Daly, Eric Head, and Joel Bienenfeld at SMZ for helping make Generation Excellence, well, excellent. Until next time, I'm Jamie Michelson.